Blog Talk Radio. last week against RGV. We're going to preview the upcoming Tulsa match. Uh, we'll probably even check in on our EPL clubs and more. But of course, before we jump into tonight's show, we do have a little bit of housekeeping to get through. First, the song you heard at the top of the show was, of course, Humor Me by the band California Redemption. If you enjoyed it, be sure to check them out on Bandcamp. That is California with a K. Uh, normally, we'd have a text line uh, running tonight, but unfortunately, Josh is not with us tonight. Uh, so if you are listening to us live, you can, of course, tweet at us. You can either tweet at Chris or myself, or you can tweet us, um, hit us up at @stevenstrikenm on Twitter uh, to get your questions on tonight's show. Uh, as always, our show is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Roadrunner Law Firm and Durell Motors. We also want to welcome uh, our newest sponsor, The Salt Yard. Stop by The Salt Yard for cornhole, foosball, ping pong, and other games. Whether you're playing a game or watching the game, on one of our 55 big screen TVs, you're bound to have a blast. We here at Seek and Strike do our uh, away match watch parties over at the Salt Yard, their east location, that is, of course, over on Osuna Road. And they're new, they do have a new location over on the west side by Cottonwood Mall. For hours, locations, and more information, you can check them out on the web at thesaltyardnm.com. Joining me tonight, I mean, we'll get we got a small show tonight. We don't have Josh, no, no Adri, no Alicia, it's just Chris and myself. We're going to be hanging out. We had a little bit of a mishap earlier. Unfortunately, our mixer's busted, so we can't have the, the full complement here. So hopefully you guys are – we're trying to give you guys the best possible show that we can tonight. Um, so, Chris, it's just us. It's just us. You're right. Uh, man, well, uh, we, we wish everyone else could be here. We're, we're, we're down here holding out before. Uh, Seth, how are you doing, man? I mean, we, uh, we both had kind of a, a crazy Wednesday evening, right? Crazy Wednesday evening. What? Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, national, the National League Division Series. Neither of which played out the way that we had hoped. Uh, I mean, I think for me, you know, the Braves lost, and really, Game Four is where it started. I knew once we didn't, once we didn't finish off St. Louis there in Game Four, that we just we weren't gonna, we weren't gonna win it. I just, fortunately, Sam Holbrook had nothing to do with it this time. But you know, I don't think anyone could have uh, foreseen a, a ten-run first inning from St. Louis yesterday. So, so I got to ask you this, Seth. Like I was, I was reading a little bit on on the mat, on the game before, and uh, and I know that one of the players for the was it the Cardinals? Yeah. Uh, he had requested that they not play the chop anthem. Now I understand the the issues with it, but do you think that that had some sort of hijinks on the game? Cause I, I was a little concerned about that. Um, honestly, I, I think it was, 
it's something that the club has been doing for a long time. I mean, I, I can't think of a time when the Braves didn't do it. You know, I mean, I, I the Braves originally started doing it once Deion Sanders came over, bringing it. He brought it from FSU. Um, you know, FSU proudly supported by the Seminole Nation. Um, so you know, the Braves have done it for a long time, and I, I get, I, I see where uh, Helsley or Hel- Hel- I think it was Helsley yeah. is coming from. Like, I, I understand, but at this point, I think. I, I think that the Braves front office shouldn't have given in. I really think they shouldn't have. I mean, it, it's tradition. It, it, yeah, I, I was, I couldn't believe, and I, and I was like, was that more about when Helmsley was in, or just did they just not play it at all? They said they weren't going to do it when he was in. Now, I mean, I, uh, so our, our our phone, our cell phone carries T-Mobile with it. We get, I've been getting free MLB TV for the past two years, but. Okay. It doesn't include the playoffs. So I had to listen to a lot of it on ESPN radio, and I can honestly say that I'm sick and tired of Chris Berman. Yeah, I was like, what is this guy doing on this broadcast? I mean, like, <laughs> that was a change for me to hear him on there. You know, I, I, made, a, I made a comment in, on Reddit somewhere. I said, you know, I used to love Chris Berman, you know, a decade, 15 years ago. I thought he was great, you know, Monday Night Football, doing his whole Swami deal, whatever, doing the Home Run Derby. But listening to him on the call for the NLDS was just absolutely horrendous. Like his, his play calling was left me wondering what was going on some of the times. And then at one point, as a Braves fan, I honestly I felt offended because he goes, uh, "The fans are using, are using their foam choppers, their little foam chopper things." I'm like really? Like it's a tomahawk chop? You know, earlier in the in the series, the Braves had, had given out foam tomahawks to every seat in the stadium. You know, I remember getting those as a kid. Every basically every time I went to the stadium. Oh yeah, those were awesome, man. So, but yeah, I just I, I I realized that I couldn't stand Chris Berman anymore. Maybe I've just got real ESPN as a whole. But I mean, I just I can't I can't listen to a lot of the the commentators on ESPN anymore. And, hey, hopefully this guy never crosses over to uh, ESPN Plus and announcing <laughs> USL games. Could you imagine that? Oh, I don't think he will. Yeah. <laughs> It, it just really bugged me that, to hear the way that he was talking on, on the call. And, you know, it's, I'm just, it's a disappointing end for, for both the Braves and for your team, the Dodgers. You know? Oh, man. I, it was a sad one to watch because I, I started watching it. I was watching it on a little TBS app. Um, you know, th- thanks, Mom and Dad, for uh, letting me patch into your cable. Uh, <laughs> so I watched this, this game, and, you know, we're up 3-0, three, 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 three and I'm thinking, okay, cool, this game's yeah. looking good. And, you know, it goes through several innings. There's no runs. I mean, there's some close scares and whatnot. And I'm thinking, okay, this can't be it. You know, of course, pretty soon they got to pull Bueller, and I'm thinking, all right, well, everyone's been taunting me all week about, oh, they're going to put in Kershaw. And, yeah. you know, Kershaw's – he's – looking a little damaged. I mean, I have to say he's not the Kershaw that he has been. And, uh, and of course, then when the, when the nationals pulled in one run, I was like, okay, let's, let's, we need to get some more runs on the board. And, and sure enough, Kershaw comes in and throws in a couple of, uh, homers and, uh, he hasn't been the same in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. I just, man, like, it was sad because it's like, how do you win 106 games? And then, and at least you did go a game five. Yeah. But I mean, man, like they shouldn't have really been in that position. So when it's three three, they got Joe Kelly in there, and I'm thinking, man, 
things are not looking well. I mean, the only thing we got in our favor is the bottom of the 10th, you know, and, and sure enough, you know, all of a sudden nationals get that grand slam. I'm like, Oh, that's it. All she wrote. Like, but I still hung in there, right? You hang in there for that last half of inning, hope yeah. that your team can, you know, foster up like, like four runs or maybe even a walk off. And, uh, and they didn't. And I was just like, man, I was I was genuinely bummed. I I went to bed at like eight thirty last night. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, I guess this truly is now hockey season and football season. I don't know about the hockey season, but football season, <laughs> sure, why not? You know, um, yeah. uh, it's not a whole lot to say about football season right now either. I mean, it, there's no telling. I was checking out the the Giants Patriots game earlier. Yeah, it was only twenty one fourteen. Like I know Brady had at least some pick. I don't know. I think Jones had one, so I don't know. I we'll pull up the score real quick to see that is, but uh, yeah, it looked like it was a pretty good game early on. So <clears throat> anything can happen in the NFL this year. Yeah, it, it's hard, you know, um, to be a sports fan. It's still 21-14 with just over nine minutes to go in the fourth. So. You, know, you know, one thing that I have been hearing a lot through sports, and maybe you have too, is that the they're talking about players that are are either playing or are not playing with as much emotion. Mm-hmm. Like they're emotional, yes, but they're just not playing with the emotion. So you're kind of seeing a little lackluster um, sort of environment, like what's going on in sports. And it's, it's kind of interesting to me, man. Well, would you rather have, rather than have a lack of emotion on the pitch or go and do something like Antonio Brown and <laughs> go off the deep end? I mean, I would have loved for him to have shown that on the pitch. I mean, you know, like I I was you know, some of these some of these teams they score and you're just like, all right, cool. Are you happy? Like, you know, and then other teams you got a backflip out of it or uh, <laughs> you know, there's there's a little bit more. So I just it's interesting to hear it like going across baseball and going yeah. across football and like you know. I mean, you know, Freddie Freeman, you know, raised first base and he they interviewed him after the game, he said he flat out that we that they failed. You know, he took a lot of the a lot of ownership on himself. He did not have a good divisional series. Um, I mean, the Braves themselves did not play well the last week of the season. You know, they were resting guys. I mean, I mean, is there a point at which you rest guys too much? Is there a point at which? You know, I don't think anyone's not playing with emotion. I don't think anyone's not. I think anyone's going out there not trying or not giving it their all. But you know, it's hard to see, especially. You know, I mean, you've got the fans who who tend to go 100% negative. I mean, it's hard to be positive at, at a time like this. You can't, you know, say burn all down, burn to the ground after your team just made the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. So it's, it, you know, I don't know. It, it's hard to say that anyone's not playing emotion. It's an emotionally big deal, you know, for some, for some guys. It's their first time in the playoffs, and maybe they're only time in the playoffs. You know, for a guy like Brian again, he's to retire right. after last night's game. You know, BMAC has been a huge part of the Braves. You know, he went and got himself a ring with the Astros. I can't fault him for it. Right. You know, he went and he got himself a ring at a time when the Braves weren't competitive. So what are we going to do now? I mean, like both our teams, are you going to watch it anymore? Are you going to turn into the, the series? or a certain matchup you want to see in the big game at this point. I think right now, I mean, I, I think it's going to be the Cardinals and the Astros. That's what I think. Um, I think that would be an interesting matchup, especially with how close the cities are in proximity to each other. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, 
my biggest. And I'll still watch. I probably won't watch the the, the NLCS or ALCS. Um, there's other things going on, you know. It's, and I most of the matches games even on like broadcast TV. They're on like TBS now. Like you're wrong. I TBS is Turner Trans it's Atlanta, but it's not part of the basic. It's not a part of your broadcast subscription or your broadcast package anymore, right. unless you have cable or direct TV or something. I wouldn't even get to watch them anyway. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll watch the World Series. You know, it'll be on Fox. Uh, you know, so I'll, I was kind of, I'll, I'll follow it, but I won't watch it every game like I do in most years. Right, right. So you know, there college ball to focus on. There's NFL. Sure. There's, there's how, how's your college football team doing? I have not watched last uh, week. So I- check. Yeah, we are one, three, one, and four rebuilding year. Coach Collins, there are some positives that I'm seeing. You know, we're bringing in some guys. They're learning a whole new way of uh, blocking on the offensive line. You know, they're. I, I saw a quote from Coach Collins saying they're they're learning. And something to the effect of they're learning to be a uh, like a, a, a more sustained play rather than a quick hit and go. You know, so. Because, I mean, it's a huge transition going from a triple option to more of a pro-style offense. I mean, now it's more of a option or a, a, still, still a run-first um, offense right now. But until he, until Coach Collins gets the players in there that he wants, you know, uh, or that the system needs, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time. So I'm not worried about Tech this year. Okay. I, mean, I don't expect them to beat Georgia this year by any means. No, no, no. They have uh, to be. They have to. They have to do that. <laughs> if there's one game they have to win, it is definitely that game. No, I agree. I would, I would be forever happy if that happened this year. I just, I don't see it. Yeah, you know, I give Georgia credit. They're, they are a good team. I hate them, <laughs> but they are a good team. Um, and Tech just doesn't have players this yeah. year. With, you know, they have players. So uh, it's transition. Okay. I'm not expecting. Okay. Okay. Um. But what about you? Like, you get any plans? You gonna are you watching this series? Like, so I I'm gonna kind of be like you. Like, I'm I'm more interested into game seven type situations. So yeah. I mean, if if either one of these series is pushing like a, a three three or you know even it's getting something, I'd say even a three two and and it's the the uh, underdog that's up. You know, I'm I'm gonna be interested, but. Uh, for the most part, like maybe I'll just tune in for the fall classic, right? The series and yeah. uh, and watch that one closely. But if it's like three zero, like up, like I mean, I just hope it's a good series. Is all I hope. If it if it is Astros cards, you know, I mean, I know my my buddy's a cards fan and and he certainly chirped on me as soon as we went down seven three last night. And uh, I, I'll watch and I'll share Astros just for the sake of of my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Because you can't all sit in the same room. You you gotta like throw them on the edge for a little while, and then maybe you can like jump back across and be like, "Hey man, congrats!" Yeah, you know, and celebrate with like a I don't know, like a, a choco taco or something like you know something baseball festive, right? So that's what I'm gonna do. College football wise, I mean, you know, Bama took over the polls a little while ago. Who's um, Bama? <laughs> never heard of them. Hey, hey, I mean, I. They did not expect North Carolina to take Clemson to the limits, and so you know. But I mean, honestly, like it, it's still it, it's too early. I don't really look at it now. I mean, when we get to the final games, you know, then of course I care a little bit more once the they start you know 
tallying like the playoff points, then I'll, then I'll carry them. But um, I mean, it's it's looking tight. I mean, gosh, even Josh's team, Boise State, like I think they were like 14 the last time I looked. Yeah, they're doing well. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see if an independent or someone from uh, outside the Power Five makes a a splash this year. Um, you know, I think the Mountain West is a little bit more competitive this year, so Boise yeah. State might lose somewhere in there. Ooh. Definitely not. How are the Lobos looking? Two and three, I think. Okay. I think they're two and three. Um, I mean, I really don't expect the Lobos to do a whole lot football-wise right. ever. Um, I know that uh, I saw an, there was a series of interviews going out today with uh, quotes from Craig Neal. Okay. Not, not Craig Neal. Um, Wherever the, the – uh, Weir, Coach Weir. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm thinking yeah. basketball. Um, Coach Weir going out and you know, talking about the, the Lobos style, how they're going to play this year. Uh, they got a lot of guys coming back. I think it's going to be an interesting year down at the pit. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll wait and see. I know. Okay. Sorry, I got to bring up basketball, China. Yeah, let's talk about that. I, we, don't, we don't usually get political on here. We try, well, at least we try not to. Anyway, but not to. I, I felt like – all the stuff that's going on, you know, with the guy from the, from, I think from the Rockets front office, right? Um, basically getting in trouble with the league for putting out a pro Hong Kong tweet. Um, you know, there's other places are now dealing with, you know, like, I don't know if you've seen Blizzard is getting a whole bunch of backlash for banning players who tried to speak out of pro Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, there's a whole deal there. I mean, the Lakers. I, so the Lakers, the Lakers and, um, I don't know who they the play against. The they played over in China. Right. I don't. I'm. I don't follow the NBA a whole lot. Right. I do follow the Hawks to an extent. Um, I mean, was this a preseason or is this like? Yes, it was like preseason. Okay, preseason. So the way I heard it was that uh, the Chinese government came out and basically said that the players couldn't talk to the media, and there were some other things. On you know, and LeBron has made comments in the past about. Um, Kind of, you know, kind of trying to step up for democracy and things like that. But what is the NBA allowing this game to continue under the circumstances that the Chinese government is putting them into? How can the NBA allow this? Yeah. Why didn't they just back out and say, sorry? Cancel the game. Yeah. Right? I mean, that makes the game wasn't even broadcast in China. Did you did you know that? Uh, yeah, I was reading it. It wasn't broadcast. Either. Yeah, it wasn't even broadcast in China. Wow. Like, what's the point of the NBA going over there? Number one, if they're going to be completely censored by the Chinese government. Right. You know, I, I heard a question on the radio. You know, what if uh, LeBron does speak out and he gets arrested by the Chinese government for it? Yeah. What happens that? But it, I think it's just why is the NBA? Why did the NBA allow this to happen? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question too, and I mean. With everything going on, I mean, you're seeing like the the tweets from from the president, and you know, you got Steve Kerr and and, and Curry, and I, I think they're honestly at a point where they like they've been able to say things in the past, but now things are so direct that they're having a having to walk on a little ice. I don't know why the NBA allowed it. I mean, they should have, like you said, just pulled it like all together. I mean, so. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, to your point, it's like, okay, if it's not being broadcasted in China, it's being broadcasted here. Yeah. You know, and... On, like, Lakers vision or whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't know what benefit that... I mean, I guess they're just trying to get every dime they can, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that's all it is. You know, it, the NBA is trying to make money off of this. I'm sure they were 
they received some amount of money to go over to China, but uh, you know who they need? Rodman. Rodman. <laughs> Right, I mean, Rodman's over in what Korea, trying to help figure stuff out. So yeah. I just, it, it just, it boggles the mind why in the world the NBA allowed this to to even happen, given everything that's gone on with the Chinese government and the way they handled this, and the restrictions they put on the players that were over there. I mean, they should have just backed out, come back to the states, go to go to Japan, go to South Korea, go. Anywhere else in the world, go to Australia. Go to the, there's hundreds of other locations that they could have played this game. Probably not. They may not have made as much money. Who knows? But I think it was a ridiculous decision by Adam Silver and the NBA to allow it to continue. Yeah, it'd be interesting to kind of read further follow up on on what develops at this point to see like what what else happens. Yeah. Well, let's jump right into it. You know, we, we've beaten around the bush a little bit. We've talked some football, we've talked some NBA. I mean, you know, Josh, not, Josh, we wish you were here. I know you've got stuff going on. Yeah, man. I wish you the best. Shout out um, to Josh Carrillo. Josh, you know, uh, with the limited situation, you know, Adrian and uh, Alicia aren't going to be here. But we are still going to talk some New Mexico United. Uh, man, RGV, another tough match. A match, really, we probably should have won. Um, you know, we went down around the – we went down in the first half. We did respond. Um, couldn't come in, couldn't put anything else together after that. Uh, I mean, RGV played the way they did in the first match. They played bunker ball. They sat, you know, ten guys behind the ball, played on the counter attack. Right. Um, and it just we couldn't get anywhere. What was your overall impression <laughs> going into this match from the get go before it kicked off? Like, was this you tallied this? We we thought this was like an easy win, right? I wouldn't necessarily call it an easy win, but it should have been a win. I mean, uh, yes, they're lower than us in the standings. Uh, they are now eliminated as of the result with uh, with uh, us the other night. Um, but I, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily call it an easy win. They're a defensive club. That's the way they played all season. That's how they played us last time. They didn't send anyone down from, right? They didn't. Not that I know. Didn't do anything this time. Not right? that I saw. No. Okay. Um, but I mean, I, I thought we should have. I thought we should have won it. You know, coming off the emotional match against Phoenix, I mean, maybe this is a little bit of a letdown, you know, from the from the high uh, intensity of Phoenix. Um, it it did seem kind of like a contrast. Huh? I mean, like we played a top of the table team, mm-hmm. and I mean they played them well. You know, I mean, of course we know, you know, we didn't come out of, out of that. I, I am actually very surprised that. We went down, uh, you know, one nil, and then sure we get that equalizing goal, but it's like it's it's just it was just kind of a night and day for me. I was like, well, did we play down to RGV at this point? Like, why didn't we yeah. play the same ball? No, we we definitely played down to RGV. Um, you know, I mean, and honestly, I. You know, I hate to second guess Troy, but I think Tony was the wrong wrong call. You know, Santi was Santi was off his suspension. Right. I feel like Santi should have played the full ninety. Um, I, I mean, Tony, and honestly, that the penalty that that Tony gave up was a was a unbelievably weak penalty. It was very soft. Um, I mean, the the player, um, they Tony and. Uh, and Rashid had essentially stopped the run of play. There was no way 
that they were RG was going to score from that scenario. And so he, he took a bump, went down. That shouldn't have been a, a penalty. It shouldn't have been. Um, you know, and, and then you know, Cody, Cody guessed the right way. He did everything right. Just didn't, you know, couldn't just couldn't quite get a hand on it. Um, yeah, I just we did we did we played down to them like. We we should have been more offensive from the beginning. We should have, and not that we weren't attacking, but just the way that RGV played, you know, they kept so many guys behind the ball, it made it hard. And we just, we dominated possession. I think we had close to 68% possession. Yeah. Twice the number of passes that they had, but we couldn't put anything together. Yeah, and I mean, all I'm conjuring from the very beginning of the, of the match is they, I mean, if you notice like you were saying with the lineup, and we started off very defensively, right? And this is because Freighter, because, you know, Troy didn't want to risk any card accumulation uh, anymore, any mm-hmm. card accumulation. And so, you know, the only thing that I was really happy about starting off defensive like that is that we were able to turn the score um, between Manny Padilla and, and Sam Hamilton. Like, that to me was like, okay, at least your defense scored for you. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean... I mean, you know, let's 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 talk, I guess, a little bit more. Like, I mean, what did you think about, like, uh, it was Weehan and Dev up top, right? Yep. Um, what did you think about, like, their run of play as far as, like, just the chances that were created? And um, it kind of looked like for a while, like, we didn't have any chances, like, really coming in our way. Yeah, early on we didn't. And really throughout the match, um, we didn't see a num- that many quality chances. I mean, we only have four shots on target uh, of the 13 that we took on the night. Um, yeah, I don't think that – I think we're – B is – it wasn't quite that 4 for, four for one one that, that we've seen in the past where B is able to drop back, drop deeper and get the service and then play the ball forward. And he was kind of non-existent for a while. And I don't think that's anything on – I don't think that's anything that has to do with B necessarily – I just think with the way that RGV was playing, it was preventing him and Dev from getting opportunities, from creating those chances. And I think that really limited us, especially in the first half. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, yeah, it was kind of, you know, I'm kind of just looking at how how everything's going with bees. And I mean, like, you know, each player's trying really hard. It's, you know, I'm sure, like, you know, the results not going your way, it's, it's got to have some effect on emotion, on emotionally. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that, that I've just really been thinking about is like, you know, are, are we playing as though we have something to lose or are we still very calm and collected that, Hey, it's cool. We got this three, three games in the, in the bag. We'll get them. Like, how do you think it's going? Cause I mean, I mean, I know how it's portrayed to us after the matches, but what's your take on it? I think Saturday night it was definitely some. It's gonna. I think it was nervous play, like not necessarily that we have something to lose, but that we weren't sure of what we were doing. And I know that Troy and everyone says they go out there, they prepare each and every day to do the best that they can and that they're not looking forward that, you know, they're not really talking about that kind of stuff, you know, but as far as playoff goes, but they, I mean, at this point, you've got to be 
giving 125% every single match. You can't let nervy play or, you know, you've got to, you know, or if something goes against us out on the pitch, we've got to find ways to respond and not let that affect us. Yeah, I'm concerned because, you know, what we started off with was the fortress and, and now we're, again, it's like, I mean, our record is showing that there's a greater probability for us to turn draws out of this place, you know, and, and I, I'm just thinking like, you know, like, is, do you, I mean, obviously we would think that your goal is to win it all. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, whether or not we have the squad to win it all, I mean, I, I'd love to get your take on that. If this is the 93 bulls or not <laughs> at the moment, but, but I, I just think that, um, no one is the 93 Bulls. <laughs> right? We, I mean, maybe Phoenix Rising. Maybe maybe they got some of that. I don't know. Maybe they're the sons of <laughs> Michael's 93. Michael's secret stuff. Right. And I, I just, we're, we're at the point now where it's like, we're doing this thing that I don't think they wanted to do, which is they're like, okay, we got to win two of three. And we had to win three of four, but we're at a point where we're going to start having to depend on other teams. Tonight we have what, Austin El Paso playing? Uh, I believe so. Um, I know. I think that's tomorrow night. On no, Friday. no, they're playing tonight. Are they? Yeah. Uh, so I had the score. Crazy Thursday. I had a score sheet up and scores up earlier. I didn't see anything going, but we'll I'll pull that. But yeah, I mean, looking at the standings, we are tenth right now on forty-two points, two behind LA Galaxy two. Uh, we've got points uh, one point ahead of San Antonio and Vegas. Um. Through two, four points on Portland and four on OKC Energy. Um, yeah, I mean it's we we're at a point now. Well, no, I, I don't think anyone ever wanted to be where we had to win so many matches. I think everyone kind of expected to have everything in hand by this point. You know, especially after the way we started the season. We still have chances to to bring – we have a very favorable schedule. There's no reason that we can't do it. Right. You know, maybe there's some worry about uh, playing up to expectations of the fans and of themselves. Maybe there's um, a feeling of, hey, maybe we don't belong this year because you know, we are new. I, I don't know. But it's those type of mindsets that we shouldn't be seeing. If you, you know – all right, so El Paso and Bold drew 1-1. All right. That was, I don't know why that wasn't on the score, uh, USL score page earlier. but uh, So, yeah, I put Bold and El Paso both on 47 points. Yep. So, so neither, one, neither one clinched tonight, right? Neither of them clinched a, a play-in spot or a playoff spot tonight. Um, yeah, I mean, a win puts us r- right in the thick of it. I mean, a win will put us at 445 points. You know, uh, so I don't know. I, I mean, I, I hate to see, I hate to see the guy, I hate to see the club in this position because we, sh- honestly, like if we can earn even two of these draws and to win to any point this season, it's a completely different conversation. Right. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I, it's yeah. I don't know. Like I said, who knows? Maybe maybe it's. The emotional letdown after playing such a, a match, an emotional match against Phoenix, maybe it's just 
playing down, maybe it's not um, just being able to break through the bunker ball that RGV was playing. I mean, what, do you, what do you think about Santi Morris' possessions in the second half? Um, he had a lot of situations where he had the ball and he was going into the inside, you know. I mean, I, that seems to be his gimme, but I'm like, why don't, why don't you just rely on the wing shots? Like, those were his, his yeah. bread and butter in the beginning. Santi, him, him running into the middle of the pitch, I think is not necessarily his strength. I mean, give him... If you can, if you can work the ball around and give him a little bit of space on the outside, I think he's much better there. You know, even a yard or two of space, yeah, you know, that's all he needs. You know, and he's quick. He can he can definitely move on the ball, but I think him moving into towards the middle of the pitch really limits his options. And you know, because we've seen him get dispossessed or right. or. Or not see the the final pass or that or that final shot, you know. I think when he's moving in, he tries to be less uh, less selfish. Not that anybody is, right, right, right. but I think he's less. He's not looking for that shot when he does it. So if he's gonna do it, you know, maybe look for that shot a little bit more, um, or just you know, look for that easy drop off. Right. Yeah. Because if you got someone like Bees in the middle that you can lay the ball off to. You've got because you know, Santi's going to pull whoever's in front, right? You know if he's making that run across. I mean he ball. does well. I mean when you look at the run of play, I mean he's he's got these guys faked out. I mean you know he he does his little juke, and I mean dudes are like running for hot dogs. I mean you know what I mean like <laughs> it's it's crazy. But I'm just like I was watching it, and I I, I was sitting in my seat. Actually, I was sitting a little bit further back uh, in the row, and I was actually just sitting right behind the owner uh, Peter Trevisani and. And, you know, and, and we all kind of had the same reaction. We were like, all right, cool, Santi's out. I mean, it was like literally like Simon says stand up, Simon says sit down. For like that last like 20 minutes, everyone's just, okay, we got the ball again, let's stand up. And it's like Santi gets it, takes it on the inside. Ah, Santi gets it, takes it on the inside. Oh, and it's like, oh, man, like, yeah, you know, what is happening right now? And um, and then, you know, and then, of course, Freighter's in, right? I mean, what do you think about Freighter's, like, play, you know, from the time that he was in, I wasn't impressed. No, not his strongest performance at all. Um, yeah, I, I get that he he picked up the yellow again against Phoenix, and he's now back. You know, he was back in um, danger of being uh, suspended again. Uh, we got that good behavior in this match, right? It, we it's not enough time. Uh, no, besides, really? I thought it was if he made an appearance. Well, yeah, but there's not there aren't enough matches left for him to have another card rescinded. Mm. But yellow cards do not carry over into the playoffs. Well, that's good. Also, if he was to get suspended between now and then, the suspension would not carry into the playoffs as well. So that that is a positive. He you know, he didn't pick up a yellow, didn't get suspended. Like we we need him for these three matches. Right. Exactly. Um. Yeah, I, I think the thing with Kavan is that he had one shot. The, the entire time he was in there, um, he didn't really make an impact. He, he's he's looking <laughs> he's looking rusty. I really think he is. Like he he needs time on the pitch to get back in form. This match kind of reminded me of that earlier El Paso match for some reason. I guess it's because our main like scoring threats didn't have much to do with the match. 
kind of had to rely on those, like those, you know, you know, the other players that normally aren't like usually in the scoreline. So, I mean, the Sam Hamiltons, the would be Ryan Williams if he wasn't in a booth, like, you know, and maybe that's part of it too. Maybe it's, we've been really rich on the four scores that we have, you know, and, and so when they're jammed up, we don't really have someone. We haven't even seen Brucey. What's going on there? I don't know. I, I, I saw the question uh, being asked in other places as well, you know, where's Bruce? I, I think Bruce, I think Bruce would have made a better. So we only used two subs the other night. Did you realize that? Yeah, we didn't burn. Yeah. We didn't use all three. I don't know why. Uh, I feel like Brucey would have been uh, a great play against RGV just because of the energy that he play, he brings, the style of play that he brings. I mean, just to just a little bit, do you think that he I mean, was about to do the same thing he did from the Phoenix match? Where he pulled out Weehan and put someone else in there that we were like, whoa, what are you doing? You think he kind of kind of snapped back from that? Um, I want to know why he didn't burn that third sub. I don't know. I, I really don't know. That would have been a good question to ask the other night. Yeah. Um, what the thinking behind that was. I mean, Brucey and Kenny were both on the on the. I, we haven't seen Kenny. Yeah, we haven't while. seen Kenny in a while either. Um, I mean, Troy's gonna. He's always gonna say he's gonna put. What, the team together, he feels is the best, gives us the best chance to win. I mean, honestly, David didn't do much of anything uh, on Saturday night. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, he, so he came out for for Kevon. Uh, we had Sali in the in the midfield, which is you know Sali did okay, picked up a yellow. Tony did not have a good night. I, yeah, I just. How the back line looks to you. Um, they played well. They really did. Um, didn't really give up a whole lot. Um, I mean, had usual late match stuff happens. Um, just like we're, you know, we're kind of used to at this point. But, you know, they played well. Um, you know, uh, you know Schmidt and uh, Tete there and, and the center uh, have really solidified our defensive line. Tete got a lot of praise from fans this, this last week. Yeah. Um, and of course it's him being there in the last moments, you know, and getting that, that boot in there or, yeah. you know, um, we definitely play well when, when it's just Schmidt and, and Schmidt and uh, Tete dropping back. Yeah. But the times where it's like four back there, I think that that's where we kind of get caught off guards a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I would agree with you on that. I, I think honestly the biggest improvement is that we're not getting caught out of place. We're not getting caught out of position as much. Uh, right. I think that's made a huge difference in in, in our defensive shape and how we've uh, performed uh, recently. The offside strap looks real good. I mean, yeah. you see it go really well against a team like Phoenix, you know, where they got speed. I mean, they had to play very conservative, but then you have other teams that don't really, you know, try to jump into, you know, into yeah. the zone as much. Well, and, and that was the issue with, with this match. Like I said, like we've already said, you know, the earlier yeah. match, RGB liked to play behind the ball. They did so again tonight. Um, they tried to bring the counter a couple times. Didn't really amount to a whole lot. Um, it did get them that, that soft penalty. Uh, but outside of that, it really didn't work. Um, the only other thing is, did you notice that the quality of passing – was kind of it kind of got worse like in the second half we put some balls in places where we probably shouldn't have and that's what created a lot of their their chances yeah that's happened to us in the past and it just who, who knows what it is maybe it's 
tired legs. Maybe it's um, if it just misplaced balls. Who knows? It, it could be any number of things. So. So okay. Well, so I guess like from that point, I mean, we're moving into a preview for Tulsa, right? Yeah, well, that's uh, we'll wrap up our draw motors as a recap right there, and we'll look ahead to Tulsa next week. Uh, Tulsa, first of three remaining matches, our last road match of the season. There's a good amount of people going. I'm not going. My dad's going to be in town, so yeah. I'll, I'll be here locally. But yeah, I, one of these days I'll get out of town to. We're going to get matches. you on the road, Seth. It's going to be next season now. Yeah. Uh, so Tulsa Roughnecks, they are. Two one and two in their last five matches. I'm sorry, two two and one in their last five matches. They are coming off a loss uh, to Sacramento. They lost three two. Um, they are eliminated. They're sitting not 11 points behind. Currently, currently 16th in the table. I mean, I, <laughs> I think this is one that we said was probably going to be the toughest one uh, of the rest of the schedule. Um, so yeah, I mean it's. I don't know. Um, who, who are their leading scorers right now? Pulling that up right, right now. Um, I mean, for us, like really, we've got to we've got to find chances. We've got, we've got to convert chances. Yes. Um, Tulsa is. Let's see, they're five, seven, and three at home. They are. Let's see. It says Rodrigo da Costa. The nine goals is their leading scorer. Luca Lobo, guy who at the beginning of the season was one of the guys who we thought might be in the golden boot race. He still only has seven goals on the season. Right, so he really hasn't changed, huh? Yeah, he hasn't done a whole lot. Um, I'll pull up his stats real quick while we're talking. But, yeah, I mean, Tulsa, they just kind of they, – they fell off a lot from early in the season. Um, they haven't been – they give up a lot of goals. Um I mean, that, I mean that does that bodes well for us, but oh yeah, I mean it puts us in a good spot. I'm we won that original matchup two one. That was our first one of the season, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like going into this match. I mean, they're doing the right things. I mean, you know, the the back line is talking, and so that's that was a major issue. We're not conceding as many goals, so that's that's good. Um, like you said, chance conversion is another thing, and and we're seeing ball movement. You know, we've seen a lot of ball movement, mm-hmm. and we've seen little ball movement. You know, I mean, what the perfect formula is. You know, I mean, they just gotta go in there and just, I mean, play up on this team. Yeah, yeah, we we have to walk in with a swagger. We have to say, you know, we deserve a spot in the playoffs. They gotta put, they gotta put the one lineup up there. I mean. Troy's got to talk to Freighter and say, boom, can't draw any more cards. I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about the fast starts. We've talked about, you know, maintaining momentum. Uh, we've talked about what happens when the United scores first. You know, I mean, right. we've only lost once when we scored first on the season. And I think, honestly, if they had scored first in that RGB game, I mean, just to jump to that for a minute, the, yeah. the result would have been different. So, I mean, going into this match, I mean, you know, we've seen when we score in the first 10 minutes what that looks like. Yeah. Or when we're ahead, it's I, I, the only concern I have is that is that they don't like take the foot off the gas when they're up, you know, and then bad balls, you know. Yeah, definitely. You know, keep keep the pressure on. Uh, and Tulsa has given up 65 goals this season, so they're near the worst in the league in goals conceded. Um, you know, it, it's I don't know. 
It should be a win. It should be. You know, that's what we keep saying. You know, it, it should be a win. But, you know, whether or not that actually happens, you know, what remains to be seen. Yeah. Um, I mean, looking at, you know, Tulsa, I mean, really, um, I'm trying to – Luca Lobos played in 25 of their 30-some-odd matches so far. Um, whether and I don't know if he played in their last match. I'll have to look that up. But, um, you know, he's if he if he plays, he's someone that, I, that uh, we need to keep an eye on. He is definitely capable of scoring. Right. Um, <clears throat> that team has resent. Is that the team that has resent? Or uh, I have to look. I think from El Paso. Yeah, Calvin Calvin Resend. Yeah. I don't know if he's doing anything for them, but <clears throat> uh, he's two goals on the season. Uh, he's at twenty appearances and two goals on the season. So uh, I mean, who knows? Uh, I don't know if he if he'll play into it. Uh, or play a factor in the match, I should say. Right. Um, I mean, really, it's going to be, can we exploit their, their back line? Can we um, put keep enough pressure on the back line and on their goalkeeper in order to create chances? Yeah. I mean, I, I hope that they would use Brucey. I mean, I, we need to stretch them out a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's beneficial. I mean, any we already know that United's, Offense is compact. It likes to go central right there in the middle. I mean, that's what Troy says. I mean, that's what we see it happen is. But we need those other deviations. Like, it's it's unfortunate that we don't have as many Santi Moore left-wing channel situations anymore because in the beginning that was money. Yeah. You know, and now we've got it where he's just hitting the center. So, I mean, I hope that, that they go back to early tape and look at how they play. And I'm sure they will. But look at, you know, the run of play. Um, do you think that, I mean, now that we've had different lineups, do you think that we, we might somehow, like, not come off as, like, the weekly game film? Because I was thinking about how we've had the same lineup from match to match. Do teams go, okay, well, we know what they do because we've seen it, like, week after week. Mm-hmm. And now it's been a little different with the lineup. So do you think that we have an edge going into this match? Not necessarily. I mean, we, we, we've made a few necessary changes, but it really hasn't changed what we want, what, what Troy wants them to do on the pitch. They were still basically playing the same way. It's been a little bit more defensive in the midfield, you know, with the insertion of Sam, but ultimately it's going to play the same. You know, you're going to, you're going to try to spread the field as much as you can. You're going to try to get runs down, down the wings. You're going to try to get, you know, bees playing in the middle or whoever's playing, you know, in that 10 spot. Um, you know, to draw attention, you know, draw, draw, create space for Kevon or Dev where I was up top. Um, yeah, so I honestly think it, I don't think anything we throw out is going to surprise anybody. Right, for sure. I mean, so let me, let me sprinkle this on top. When we talked to Troy after the post or uh, at the, the presser last week, um, two things had really come out. I mean, obviously, like, again, he was very much riddled with, you know, he obviously had to have a hard talk before he came to the room, but he was always, he was very forthright about what was remaining for matches. And, you know, a lot of the questions we asked, he just kind of came out before we asked him, um, you know, ultimately, you know, he's still stressing that the point from last week or from Phoenix was important. And, you know, and, and that it was very much still a, uh, you know, a, they still feel good about it. Um, Sam Hamilton said that they have the, the chips in their hand and and the, that they're confident. Um, 
you know, and again, like I was saying earlier, like, you know, I, I just hope that confidence doesn't like overweigh like the, the, the need to feel urgency. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I, I don't think they're, I, don't, I definitely don't think that the club is overconfident by any stretch yeah. of the imagination. Um, <clears throat> I don't, I don't think that they are. I don't think they've had the results to even put them in that position where they could be overconfident. Right. Yeah. Because they know that they haven't finished matches. They know that they haven't put the other a full ninety in a while. The coach talk is definitely slowing down, though. Yeah. It is slowing down. It is very noticeable as we're getting closer. And I would, you know, and. I mean, obviously, we'll see what develops, but, I mean, I guess the point is is that, you know, we're not a playoff team until we make the playoffs. You yeah. know, and, I mean, now the, the pressure's on, and, I mean, I know that we know that every week that they're only focused on the next week, so he was trying to dispel any pressure, but it's kind of there again. Yeah. What can you do? Yeah, I mean, it can't help but be there. I mean, you're sitting – you're precariously perched in the last playoff position right now. You have to have results. I mean, how can it not be on the in anyone's mind? You know, the guy. You know, we've heard Dev and all the guys say it, that they're not thinking about. It. You know, they are. They have to be. They're just, they're yeah. They have to be. You know, discussions. You know, in, in team meetings and at, and at practice and it's being talked about. It's like, look, if 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 they have a conversation and they say. Hey, you know what? Let's let's get let's go for the cup in three years. Cool. Like then then to me, understandable. That's probably why you're not too worried about it because you know you got to build and add more pieces into the picture next year. That's great. Yeah. We just don't have any sort of idea other than oh yeah, we're going for it. And it's like okay, like I'm not kind of seeing how you're doing that yet. I mean, I I want to see that. We know that we have been beaten by Phoenix, but it's like we we have yeah. played other teams along the way that we have, you know, split results with, so we still got to go through some other teams to get there. Yeah. So, what do you think happens this time? What do you think happens this weekend? Man, I, it's tough because I'm slowing down on saying stuff like 3-0 because you know, it's like you said, Jekyll and Heidi, I am unsure you know, I feel like we're good for a draw because that's something that has almost been a little bit more present lately. Yeah. You know, um, I don't think I don't want to say that. You know, um, but I feel like it's gosh, like I, I don't feel good about a. I mean, I don't feel confident about a win, and not because Tulsa is the reason. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, it's I want to say one nil victory us. But they have drawn two times with two types of teams, and this team isn't any better than the last team, or maybe they are. No, they're not. They're worse. And any team can have a good match. So I I, I don't know. I'm kind of like on a 1-1 kind of fence, fringe again. 1-1, okay. Yeah. Speaking of predictions, I noticed on your Twitter you still get your prediction that these. Yeah, <laughs> I have to take it. I thought about it yesterday. I thought, you know, that's funny. I thought about that yesterday. I was like, you know what? Sandoval got the hat trick, so 
we have to have kind of a new one now. It has to come yeah. down, unfortunately. I, you know, I told Chris, I said, dude, you trolled me a couple times. There were two times that he could have got a Hattie. And, you know, one time Troy left him in and the, the first time he did it. So, yeah, unfortunately, Bees, if you're listening to this, and I know you do listen to these every once in a while, you know, we're going to have to come up with a new prediction for you. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know, just, I guess, stand by for, for my new one for the next one. Maybe it's going to be that he breaks his his career high. He's got eight goals right now. He can get his ninth goal, break his career high, because he set that in Reno. And then I think he had 12 assists for the assist leader, assist uh, title. So he's got six now. He would need to get seven. I don't know if he'll break that one, but I bet he'll not. break his career. He'll break his career high. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think he'll. Uh, yeah, you're right. Two two goals off his career high at Reno. Uh, yeah, the, the assist lead. I don't think he's gonna. The assist. I don't think he's gonna make that one. But uh, I mean, Manny might be able to help him out. But ah, uh, maybe. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. So you're going one one. Yeah. All right. Alicia's going one one nil. Alicia said one nil. She threw that in there right before, I, 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 right before, right after I talked to her. She's like one nil. Okay. Alicia one nil. Chris one one. Well, hopefully we'll talk to Josh here. We'll get his prediction uh, later. I think we go in. I, I, we have to go into Tulsa and we have to make a statement. We have to. Um, I think we score early, say within the first twenty. I think we add at least another one. Okay. Um, I, I think. Who do you feel good about? Who, who do you think is getting these? Brucey with a brace. Ooh, I like that. Right foot, left foot. <laughs> I, I do. I do like that. I do like that. It's just now we need we need to somehow figure out how to get Troy to put him in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I maybe we just got to start asking questions about him. I mean. I, looking at looking at the club, I you know, I'm expecting Cody to be back in. He you know he played against RGV. Uh, I know he, Troy said he'll be week to week. Um, Did you okay? I I want to say that I kind of wanted to see Beery again, and the only reason yeah. why I wanted to see him again is because I don't know if you did this, but I'm, I think you did. But when I looked at Beery's numbers considering his decent performance against Phoenix, it wasn't like they were the best numbers. No. I mean, I know he's the number two guy, but he was ready. But it's like his pass accuracy on his own half was 50%, and then the other half it was like 17. And then his – there were just some really low numbers. And I, I get that he hadn't really played, but I would think that he'd want to maybe fine-tune some things. And yeah. I kind of think that – if they win the next two matches, they ought to put them in. Yeah, no, it's definitely um, – I, I think it definitely plays into not having any sort of competitive action all season long. Um, so I definitely think that's it. I, I would have liked to see Ben again, especially if Cody was still even at lingering issues. You know, just keep Cody up, get him healthy. You know, have, that way we have him for the playoffs Right. Uh, once we get there. Um, but I think, I think Cody will be back in this week. Tulsa is 27th out of 36 clubs as far as scoring goes. I would say 2-0. Okay. I, I hope you're right because I would I would much rather we see a dub and we can figure out what that last that next match is. Maybe we could – maybe they would let people come into the locker room and splash around <laughs> some, some Bud Light or champagne yeah. or whatever, right? I mean, Michelob Ultra, get it right. Oh, that, that's right. It's Michelob Yeah, sponsor time. So um, – yeah, before before we jump out of this, that 
Shout out to Dev. USL Championship of the King of September. Of the month for uh, for September. Dev has also been nominated three separate goals for goal of the month. <laughs> Dr. Dreads. He's here. I'm He's Devin, here. man. Uh, one of his goals against OKC, goal against Phoenix, and a goal against Colorado. So, yeah, there are quite a few nominees out there this month. Um, Sandoval's crystal ball. Yeah, Dev's got three of those nominations. So, and of course, Joey Calistri, who we all hate now, Ugh. is nominated as well. Um, it's I'm assuming it's the goal against against our against us. I it's the cross pass. I haven't watched it yet, but I, I assume that's what it is. So, if you're listening, go out vote for Dev. Um, if you see one goal that's higher than the others, please just everyone just dogpile on the one. You know, <laughs> give Dev uh, give Dev another you know nod here for for his fantastic month that he had. Um, yeah, I mean that's. That's what we think of what's going to happen with Tulsa. Uh, if you are listening live, you know, let us know what you're thinking. Um, so I don't know. I haven't seen any, any texts or tweets or anything yet tonight. So um, Premier League, man, I don't know. Uh, what, what are you thinking there? Um, I'm thinking that we're, uh, man, we had some great thoughts about where we should be by now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's just run through everything uh, real quick. Liverpool still top of the table, 24. Uh, they beat Leicester last uh, week and this past weekend, uh, 2-1. City is second. They took a loss to – did you see this match? I saw this. I couldn't believe it. They lost to Wolves. Oh, yeah, I did. I did see that. They're still second in the table, 16 points. Arsenal beat Bournemouth, uh, sitting third. Leicester, of course – uh, they're fourth Chelsea, Josh's club. Some good news for Josh. They beat <laughs> uh, Southampton, four and one. Uh, let's see, Palace is currently sitting sixth with a two-one after two-one win over over West Ham. Burnley is seventh after a one-nil victory over Everton. Uh, West Ham eighth, Tottenham ninth, uh, Bournemouth tenth, Wolverhampton sitting comfortably in eleventh currently. Man U. <laughs> Wow. Lost to Newcastle. I I, I called United losing Newcastle. Call, you called it. I cannot believe it. We have been Newcastle. Like you know what I mean? Like, I mean geez. I can't even joke with Tyler anymore. We're in the same place. I, I called that one uh United sitting twelfth, uh on nine points still. Uh Sheffield United drew with Watford nil nil. They're in thirteenth. Brighton is sitting fourteenth, Aston Villa. I figured I, I called Aston Villa to beat Norwich. They did that 5-1 pretty convincingly. Right. Uh, Newcastle, with the win, moves out of the relegation zone. They're sitting 16th. <laughs> Southampton is sitting 7th. Uh, or 17th, I'm sorry. How in the world they're sitting on 17th, I don't know. I think it has to do with uh, goals scored at this point because they're basically level with Everton on everything else. Uh, Everton in that relegation place. Four straight losses. Yeah, I, I'm not happy with this. So when, I mean, I know you've been watching this a little bit longer than me. So at what point is it? At the end of the season is when they would determine those three yeah. to go down, right? Okay, yeah. so you're not like there's no mid-season like, hey, let's just. No, no, no. Okay. No, yeah. we're not, we're not even to the winter transfer window yet. That's not until December. There's still quite a while. There's there's played we played eight weeks. Yeah. We've got another thirty. 30 or 40, 
32 weeks to go. I'm kind of curious about Cardiff yeah. City, though. Uh, we can look that up as well. Um, <laughs> keep going, keep going. Uh, see, Norwich is sitting 19th, and Watford rounds out the bottom of the table. Watford, three points on the season so far. Yeah. Um, about this. Three draws. That's how they've gotten their points this wow. year. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, you know, you and I are both disappointed with our we're definitely disappointed with where our clubs are at. Um, a lot of talks surrounding Everton about Marco Silva. So mm-hmm. supposedly there's supposedly it's been uh, confirmed that Marco Silva has been given an ultimatum, mm-hmm. three matches. And if he doesn't turn it around in that time, oh, gee, then, he, then he's out. Which is really surprising to me. No, they haven't had the results. Uh, they they played really well last year. I mean, tremendous end of the season with all the wins over the over the big six that you know, we've never expected. So I don't know what's going on. We've had a couple injuries. Um, we haven't been playing as well. Uh, I still think we don't have a bona fide striker. Uh, we keep putting DCL out there. I, I, he's he's talented. I love, you know I think he's great, but he doesn't have the finishing. He doesn't. Not, he's, he's not there yet. Uh, Moise Keaton, 19-year-old kid. You know, he, I think maybe throw him in there, let him start a few. Uh, I, I think that could turn it around. But I don't know. I mean, I was looking into into the Marco Silva rumors earlier, and so a rumor that's popped up is that David Moyes is if Silva was to be sacked, David Moyes might be making a comeback as Everton. Manager. Oh, okay. Yes. David Moyes previously with Everton in 518 matches, 218 wins, 139 losses, 161, 139 draws, 161 losses. How do you think that conversation goes? With, with Silva? Yeah. I, I think, you know, if he can't turn it around or at least show improvement in the next three matches, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, and if the club really is looking at David Moyes bringing him back, mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of people that have been clamoring for him to come back for quite a while. And he was one of the greatest managers that Everton ever had. He was there for over a decade. You know. Uh, Shoot our guy, man. Gunner. Gunner, yeah. I mean, I, they're, they're speculating, you know. I mean, if there's going to be a new... Yeah, I heard that Gunner is on the on the short got a short leash as well. Yeah, so. I I need to read up more on what they're saying with that, but I know I'm just looking at that that, you know, I mean, great that he brought youth to the club, and that's good. I yeah. Mean, you know, I'd like to see some more goals for for Mr. James, and man, I, I'm I need to see Greenwood. You know, I mean, he's been a little knocked up there, but uh, um, yeah, we got to see what. What Gunner's gonna do? I right. mean, we gotta we gotta turn some results, you know, or have a new new gaffer. Yeah, I, we had two clubs that might be in the in the running for it, and there's no Premier League this week. International break again. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, England plays tomorrow. U.S. plays Cuba tomorrow. Um, How are you feeling about those? Um, have you listened to it much? Or I have some. Uh, I, it's also today is the marketing anniversary of. Uh, Taylor Tolman's rant against what was wrong with U.S. soccer uh, from a year ago. Nothing's really changed. Um, you know, we, I, I mean, because the U.S. is playing in the CONCACAF Nations, Nations League. Um, so, I mean, there's kind of chance. I mean, they're starting off with Cuba. They're okay. They're not, they're not necessarily one of, the, one of the world powerhouses. But right. um, 
I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. I who's on the U.S. roster? Um, I can pull that up and see who who got called up this time. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting match tomorrow uh, against uh, against Cuba. Um, let's see who got pulled up. Uh, Altador withdrew, so he's not a part of it currently. Um, yeah, I don't know. Cuba is going to be going to be tough, uh, given the the way that they've played recently. So who knows? And that's not the latest. That is not the latest roster. Thanks a lot. Um, all right, here we go. U.S. Men's National Team announces roster for October matches. Um, let's see. Miles Robinson has been added. Atlanta United center back. Miles Robinson's had a fantastic season. I think he's, he, he could possibly be defender of the year. I think that'll be interesting to see. Okay. Uh, Walker Zimmer, Zimmerman is out. Josie Altador is out. Uh, let's see. Who else is part of the uh, squad this time? Let's see. List includes Philadelphia Union homegrown midfielder Brendan Aronson. Okay, he's he's talented. Okay. Um, let's see. Where is the rest of the roster? Here we go. Brad Guzan, Sean Johnson, Zach Stefan, Reggie Cannon, Nick Lima, Aaron Long, Daniel Lovitz, Matt Miazga, Tim Ream, DeAndre Yedlin, Michael Bradley, uh, Sebastian Letget. Weston McKinney, Christian Pulisic, Christian Roldan, uh, Will Trapp, Jackson, UA, Paul Ariola, Corey Baird, Tyler Boyd, Jordan Morris, Josh Sargent, and Giassi Zardes, the never-aging Giassi Zardes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I just don't think that the, the US, U.S. squad is ready. Yeah. I mean, I think we beat Cuba, but I, I don't think that this squad is Really, um, is really what we need. That's just my thing. Ah. Well, well, they must try, try again, right? Yeah. So yeah, no Premier League until next weekend. So we can talk talk predictions next uh, next time on that one. But, okay. Yeah. So do we have uh, do we have an ad queued up, or are we just gonna go straight? Yeah. Into yeah. I can go ahead and take us to a break now. All right. Let's do it. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after these words from Doral Motors. Dural Motors is dedicated to providing the ultimate automobile buying experience. Dural Motors is your number one source for buying quality pre-owned vehicles. In addition, we offer a full array of financing options to meet your needs. Visit Dural Motors today at 6701 Lomas Boulevard, Northeast in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Or make the phone call to 505-907-9549. Or visit Dural Motors online at duralmotorsnm.com.
firm. Uh, I don't know if you have any questions tonight or not, Chris. Did you get any from the nation? Because I haven't seen any on Twitter. I have not. Let me look real quick. All right. Well, while you're doing that, I've got breaking news for you. Dave Roberts is, will return as the Dodgers manager next season. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, yeah. All right. Maybe, maybe that'll you know, brighten up your day a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little <laughs> happy. I honestly thought they were going to get rid of him, but I guess, uh, you know, they know who, who daddy is. <laughs> so, so that's good, but I still wonder about the fate of Kershaw. Uh, I, I, I think they release him. Mm. It wouldn't surprise me. I, I think they will, but, you know. So, all right. Well, since, since we don't seem to have any questions, nope. I know we're off schedule tonight. What, let's do you, want, do you want to conjure up some questions? Let's do it. Okay. I, I, I was actually thinking this on the way over here, thinking that because of our, 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 our change, we might not necessarily have any questions tonight. So I, I want to come up with some uh, that might prompt some discussion or think a little bit. Okay. We've talked a lot about um, playoff picture. What do you think? And I, there's been discussion about in different ways about blowing up, blowing things up, which bewilders me. You know, we're a first-year club. What is there to blow up exactly? You know, um, if somehow we don't make the playoffs, what do you think is the first decision that gets made this offseason? Specific to players? That anything related to the club? Um, hmm. Is it a coaching change somewhere? A, no, a, a, a staffing change? Is it a? I, we... I think that Troy is around for three years, regardless. Um, you know, I mean, he his season right now. What is this like? Would you consider this like if he finishes in tens or or equal across? He's thirty three percent, right? More or less. I mean, so. Uh, it's not really a 500 year, right? So, yeah. um, well, I I don't think it's Troy. I don't think that there's movement there. Um, I do think that they sit down, owners, you know, front office, technical staff, they make the decision. They say, we're not doing Open Cup next year. I, I feel, I mean, it was a great experience. Don't get me wrong. But I, I think that they say, okay, what things may could we take out? And I think they say we're we're taking that open cup. I think that's particularly one mm-hmm. decision that's made. No open cup. Um, what's your take on that first of all before I go to the next one? About the open cup? I think I, I think that maybe it's not put forward as a priority. I think we still participate. Right. But I don't think it's a, it becomes a priority like it was this year. Okay. 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 Um, I think we're releasing players. And I don't want to say who yet, I guess. I mean, unless you want to go there. But um, we'll speculate. I, okay. Uh, I, th- I had thought about this a little bit. I think 80% of the team returns. I, I can't imagine them like releasing 50% of the team or just because there's, there's probably not going to be that many other players that they could pick up. I mean, unless all the players are signed to one of your deals and then it's just like, Hey, whatever you want out there. Yeah. Potentially. Um, 
I think that we keep most of it. I mean, I honestly don't know if they bring back Kenny or, or Samson. I don't know why I think that. I guess it's because I really haven't seen much of them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, you know, I mean... Along those lines, do you think that there are there are any players that get picked up by other by other clubs that they come in and, uh, on a transfer or, or try to get them to transfer out? Do I think that USL San Diego is going to grab some players? I I don't know why I feel like I feel like that could happen, but uh, an MLS side. Oh yeah, well okay yeah. So let's take that narrative. Um, I don't think Weehan gets picked up because he doesn't have a bang-up year like he had the, the previous years. I mm-hmm. think that his numbers, if they're looking at just his numbers alone, they're like, okay, he had a, a pretty nice rookie of, the year, or rookie of the year season. You know, then he signed with the Earthquakes, right? And, you know, he played some games with them, and then ultimately they shipped him back to Reno, and then they didn't re-sign him. And this year, I'm sure he was looking to, you know, have a really stellar year. You know, I mean, that would be my pers- my my thoughts on it. You know, I mean, he's done well, but it hasn't necessarily surpassed. So I don't think that he gets picked up, but I think that he's definitely hungry for that opportunity again. I think he definitely wants to prove Earthquakes wrong. So, I mean, maybe next season for him on that one. Um Freighter, I don't know if his card accumulation is people's issues or not. I don't know. Like, I thought about that even about does the club bring him back or not because of the card accumulation issue, or, or do the goals kind of offset that, and they're not really worried about it because they know that it's it's football and, and you know, cards are going to happen. So, obviously, it's kind of a, a balancing scale. Uh, Santi, I mean, seems like someone they would maybe take a, a, a look at. Um, I think that someone like a, a Josh Suds, I mean, I think that he's probably someone that they keep an eye on. You know, I don't really know that there's a whole lot of players that they, they would pick up from us. You know, Justin Smith's a strong player, mm-hmm. but I think that we pay him the money to keep him. Because we need that. Okay. Um, but I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think we really lose too many to the MLS. I think that people, like after our season, will we have, will we loan some players out? Is that possible to do? It's not possible, right? After the season? After this season. Um, I'm sure it is. I, it probably wouldn't be able to take place until. Uh, next around the time next season starts. Right. They couldn't use but, it for. Like there's not any like crazy like postseason play like no no no, it, no the the signing period is I believe is now done okay um yeah what do you think do you think who do you think would be a prospect for MLS um, right away like this next season I guess I don't know so I think we have anyone ready right now um I think Dev might get a look somewhere but he's not. I think he's I think he's a little bit older than what most clubs would be looking for and in terms of a striker. Um, I think I think certainly think Asante's talented enough to get to get a look. Um, 
I think Bees is as well. I just don't know if this season highlighted, like maybe in the beginning it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Santi definitely hasn't been playing as well of late, and Bees has been playing better towards the end of the season. Um, you also, also have to think about, you know, what his role was within the system. You know, when he's, we've definitely seen Bees have more success playing in that 10 spot. Right. Um, than we did, you know, playing as like, as like a six, you know, they're in the midfield. Um, so I think, I think they're both talented enough to get looks. I think you're, I think you're right on Freighter's, uh, yellow cards being an issue. Um, Super talented, really high motor, high. I think he's got a high ceiling, but I think that um, he has to figure out a way to control his 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 temper. You know, make smarter decisions on the pitch because you, your striker should not be leading your club in yellow cards. They shouldn't right, yeah. under no circumstances. But I, I think those are the guys that are talented enough to get. I mean, to get a look, you know, right now. And Josh Josh Suggs has had a good year. Uh, Schmidt's had a good year, so I think they might get might get looked at. Right. Um, but whether or not they actually go anywhere, I don't know. Um, Who do you think? Do you think they cut anyone? Um, or uh, I guess not bring them back. However you want to put that. Honestly, I don't know. I. From a fan perspective, yeah, take that. Um, Tony, really? I think Tony would okay. would be cut. Um, he just he hasn't performed. The times he's been in there, he hasn't had. Uh, str- I can't think of like a standout performance for him this year. Yeah. Um, and I want to tell you something too. I thought you'd get a kick out of this. Um, I think it was. It might have been one of the nights that you weren't there. Um. But I was, we we're coming up the elevator because this kind of is relevant to this conversation. And who do I see? Josh Goss. And I say, well, shoot, if it isn't the man of the hour, Josh Goss. And he's just kind of laughed. And I said, man, you know, I've been wondering about your status for a while. And every time I think that you're probably not on the roster, you pop up. Like yeah. you're signing something <laughs> or you're doing something, you're somewhere. And, uh, he just told me that he had that season-ending injury, you know, really? a leg injury, I believe it is. I'm not – it's on the match notes, but I can't think of what what it is right now. But, um, yeah, so I was like, okay. So he is still in the squad. He is rehabilitating because I see him at the media hours, like, you know, like everyone else, like, you know, getting some getting some action in. And, but, uh, yeah, he's, he, he's done for the hmm. season. So – but he's still on the roster, and I'm like, I was like, hey man, I kind of joked with him. I said, I said, yeah, I said, I said, I know, I see you, like, you're still doing real estate, right? He's like, oh yeah, I'm still doing that. So you, you know, so you know, I'm trying to get some of those free flags from you, you know. So, but I just thought it was interesting to run into him once and actually have an actual conversation with him. Yeah. On the side, I mean, nothing, you know, nothing on the record, nothing official, but just, you know, we're just there. He is. I mean, what can you say, right? He's he's injured, and that's why. And then of course. Shortly after that, I saw his name appear on the match notes, but it had not been on the match notes the whole time. Yeah, I, mean, I, I can't point. recall it ever being on the no, match notes. No, it never was. Yeah. yeah, and then all of a sudden it was. So I guess maybe they, maybe there was something they could finally reveal. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those that, that's the only name I can think of, you know, is Tony. I mean, 
Do, what do you think we? What do you think? Do you think we go to the market and bring some new players to New Mexico? Now, did that? Now, let's have that conversation a little bit. That brings up a, a conversation that I saw, um, or a question I saw that was asked uh, on the subreddit, the Mexican United subreddit. Um, with the additional revenue now coming in next season from the increased ticket prices, um, at least the season ticket. I don't know if general if single game tickets are going up or not yet. But season tickets are going up. You know, what do they do with that additional revenue? And the question is, do they does it go towards the stadium? Does it go towards players? Uh, to me, I think it goes towards both. I definitely think that Troy probably Troy's probably got some feelers out there, uh, probably among the college ranks. Yeah. Um, you know, looking for and, and either compete for a spot, or you know, if, if the club does release some guys. To bring them in to fill in those uh, fill in those spots because the exposure that the club gained this year through the Open Cup through everything that they've done I definitely think it's shown some more shown some folks that hey there's a club out here that's competing that's got talent they're they're young they're they're full of, they're, they're exciting you know and it's a great place to play um, so I definitely think that you know that that's on his mind going forward. You know, maybe we even see Gabe get assigned to a senior to a senior spot next year. I don't know. Right. You know. Yeah, that's that's a good call too, actually. So I, I think a lot of that will depend on you know what happens with with the HPP and what happens. Um, uh, well, the academy starts next year. I think the USL academy. So yeah, the USL academy cup actually start um, does start. There there is there's a Western Conference. Um, Cup going on here in a couple weeks. United is not a part of it. Mm. United will be a part of uh, the Academy League next year, but they're fielding a U13 club. It's not, you know, U17 is not anyone that we would expect to see right. jump anytime soon. Yeah, that, uh, that was confirmed today on Twitter by the USL uh, head of youth development. Nice. Okay. So, um, yeah, so it's going to be a uh, league, um, at least for right now, with a U13 club. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, like I, said, I don't think anyone there is quite ready to jump up <laughs> to USL Championship. But, you know, I never know, right? It wouldn't surprise me to see a couple <laughs> players come in on trial in the offseason or as the preseason gets underway next year. Um, maybe we see, maybe we finally see Phil get his visa and yeah, play. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, maybe we see some. Can, uh, some competition for the goalkeeper do you, spot. Do you think that uh, we bring home another uh, New Mexico boy? I, I'll go into a segue from here, but do you think we, you know, I, I had gotten to kind of trade some some tweets back and forth through DMs with uh, Ben Spencer. Well, since there's no longer a UNM men's club soccer, UNM men's soccer team outside of, so- outside of club soccer, right. chances are dwindling for, for those guys, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't surprise me if they go and Look for someone who was a part of the, part of UNM before, um, but I, it'd have to be someone you know young enough and, uh, to make an impact, you know. So I was listening to that episode of Curse Cast with Weehan on it, uh-huh. and and they asked him who he would want, who he'd want to play with from I think his former team, and he said uh, Blake Smith. 
Michael Kafari, Justin Davis, who's at Nashville apparently, uh, Michael Reed, who's a, he's got that season injury, injury, uh, ending injury in Nashville, uh, Kyle Vanters, I believe he said, and Nico Hansen and Aaron Herrera. And, and I put this because he didn't say this, but um, I, I put like what about Aaron Herrera? Because I mean, you know, he's over there RSL, yeah, having a hell of a time. Um, but I think it would be interesting to see like if if our club would try to pull any more New Mexico mainstays back over the course of time. I think it'd be I think it'd be interesting to pull player more UNM players back in. Yeah. But you have to realistically think about if you're going to be competitive, are they the best fit? You don't want to pull them back in just for sentimental reasons. Right. Can they contribute and help build the club? Yeah, that's true. Because you, you know what that, <laughs> you know what that would be like. I mean, I'm going to use this, I guess, but it would be like Alabama if they could not somehow get a five-star quarterback going to UAB and trying to draft some talent. It's like, is it? Are you doing that because they're from there and that's going to put butts in the seats, or you know, can they really stand up against good competition? Yeah. And, and like to your to your point, it's like we do need the talent that is going to be competitive. I mean, I hope that they're in the market and they're looking for the dudes that made some impact against clubs that you know turned some quality results. Uh, do the question I have for you uh, is. Do do these players ever sign for more than a year at a time? Like someone like Asala and Asante, has he signed for a while, or are they one year one options? Um, you know, I'm not entirely sure. I, I think most of the USL contracts are for either one and an option or for two years. Um, I can let's pull up transfer market real quick and we'll look up Asante. Okay. Um, while I'm doing that, why don't we take a quick break? We'll we'll. Uh, we'll and we'll look this up, and we'll be back after these quick words from Roadrunner Law Firm. Where's the call, ref? Yeah, that should have been a yellow. They just never seem to get it right. Ah, and the game continues. If you have been hurt or injured by someone, you deserve the right call. Roadrunner Law Firm specializes in personal injury cases and wants you to get the right call. Raise up a yellow card if you've lost a loved one due to wrongful death, been in a car or motorcycle accident, been hurt by a drunk driver, or been hurt due to negligence of others. If the right call was not made, we'd like to hear from you. For more information, visit our website at www.roadrunnerlaw.com or make the call to Roadrunner Law Firm at 
back. Uh, big thank you to our the ad there. Um, so to answer your question, Chris, that we had before the break about Solomon and, and contract status. So it looks like uh, he was originally on a one-year contract with Phoenix Rising um, in January of 2019. Uh, he was then given an extension in November of last year. That is good until the end of November of this year. So it looks like, at least from this, uh, from Asante, uh, it's a one-year, usually in, like with an option or with a, you know, maybe I don't know if he's on a new deal or or what, but it definitely looks like it's a one-year contract for. For most players, so and so in that, uh, and so do we. I guess we need to figure out like when the period is for for players to be resigned or where they're actually at a point where, you know, where where they could be picked up. I think they can probably be signed, um, resigned at any point. Um, I mean, like Devin's under contract until November 30th of this year, which is kind of odd because if we did go far enough in the playoffs. That would last until December. So wow. Yeah, I don't know, I, I'm sure that there's a uh, there's some sort of leeway there, you know. Or, Just keep an eye on yeah. it. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens um, with the club. Uh, I think uh, I believe according to transfer market, um, everyone's under contract until the end of the year. So um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, that, so hopefully that kind of answers that question a little bit. We'll definitely be keeping eye and eye out and ears to the ground to see if we hear any rumors um, as far as what is going to happen with uh, with any uh, of the guys heading into the off season and, and next year. So, Chris, I have to close out. The Lobos are back in action this week. The Lobo women, how did they do? All right. Well, the Lobo women. Um, they just uh, swept the last weekend. Uh, they uh, beat University of Nevada uh, 3-1, and they uh, beat UNLV 3-2. Um, just kind of a little bit, like, Nevada had obviously had a scare a little bit on Boise, and so, uh, you know, they were they were highly regarded because of freshman Gabby Brown. She's, had, she's having a pretty good season right now. Um, but the Lobos were able to uh, ultimately dominate that match. Now, UNLV was interesting because when UNLV was 0-4 um, coming into – or not 0-4 coming into this match, they were uh, they were 0-3 coming into this match, but they hadn't scored in the last four matches. I believe that's what that is. Um, so the Lobos definitely were, were leading this match, and then they conceded those two goals, and um, – it was just interesting because uh, they still kind of have the same thing with dominating a half, and then um, and then of course just kind of you know the other team comes out a little bit more a little bit more feisty, and, and ultimately you know there's some goals, and and I had got a time a time to really talk to uh, Coach Heather Dyke and just kind of ask her really about you know. Um, you know, how they prepare for teams that are bottom of the standings, you know, and, you know, is there anything that they do to not get overhyped for the situation? And she said that, that they really don't consider records when they prepare for opponents. I mean, whether they're at the top or the bottom, they, you know, any team can be any team. So they don't um, get caught up on records for that reason. And, um, you know, and she was happy with the win, Um, obviously, you know, you know, she wasn't as concerned about the fact that they conceded two goals on, on or to a team that 
hadn't scored in the last four. I mean, I thought that that would be a little bit of an asterisk to be like, okay, like these guys haven't scored anyone, but we let them score. Um, but, you know, she says a win's a win, and, you know, and something that she did kind of let me in on is, uh, so, like, last, or about two weeks ago, uh, on Tuesdays, they do, like, a media hour. She sits down in front of the, the press and answers questions, and she kind of started to say she started a senior and some juniors, and then the 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 weirdest thing happened is, like, the tape kind of clipped somewhere, and then the audio and her voice and her mouth were, like, off by, like, a second. Yeah. And I was I was wasn't sure if maybe it somehow it just glitched there or if it you know if someone went back and clipped it. But I asked her a little bit about that. She was basically trying to say that um, that she's starting more underclassmen. Like she started more of sophomores and freshmen, and and essentially um, she was saying that they're still trying to kind of come into who they are, and you know so you know, as balance and composure are very important to win games that, you know, that they kind of get out there and get the lows up, like on the scoring um, sheet. But then, you know, some of that emotion comes in and, and they're unstable. And yeah. and that who wins the games is typically the seniors and the juniors. And so, you know, ultimately she's just kind of saying like, you know, so we're, we're kind of young right now. And, you know, we still have our, 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 seniors and juniors to help us like come come out of these games. But, you know, I think right now she's, I'd imagine that they're doing well. I mean, they're projected to finish third in the conference, but they're currently in a a three-way tie for first. Um, And I'm pretty sure she's probably thinking, okay, we're taking these wins, but ultimately, you know, all of this, all these young players are going to be the older players in a year and, you know, they're going to have more experience and it's going to look a little tighter. Um, So, Looking at some other things, um, Boise State's no longer undefeated. I mean, they're still projected to obviously be first in the conference, but they're no longer undefeated. Um, uh, they had just recently lost to San Jose State uh, 1-0, um, so that's that's cool. Um, and then, uh, but, uh, and then of course, you know, uh, so that's, that's something to look out there. Um, Currently, like, goal scorers, we still have six goal scorers uh, for the Lobos. The same six that we reported the week before. Uh, Leilani Baker is the leading goal scorer with four goals currently, and she's got two assists. Um, as far as leading assists, there's five Lobos each with, like, two assists each. I mean, so, um, you know, I asked Heather about that, and she said, you know, it's great that she's got so many scoring threats. I mean, obviously, anyone can step up and and put a goal back there. So that's that's a really great thing, I think, for them right now. And, I mean, because the seniors, or not the seniors, the, the more experienced players aren't getting as many minutes. So, like, Mally and, like, Jesse Hicks, and they're coming off more, more often than not. Um, you know, and that was kind of surprising to me that they're not getting as many minutes. But I guess, you know, there's good competition on the team. So, um, uh, so again, so Lobo's got two matches uh, this week. They're heading up to Utah State. Um, Utah State is currently, uh, or sorry, uh, they're three and one. Uh, I think that's what I had reported. And uh, nope, sorry, take that back. Um, they're heading up to Utah State. Utah State just lost two one to Fresno State. Um, and I. I think I recorded the things backwards. I think that Utah State is one, two, and one right now, and and uh, of course Boise State is three and one. 
And so essentially uh, what's going to be interesting is uh, the Lobos getting past Utah State and being in a position to Boise State is also 4-1 at that time. Uh, you know, ultimately this is going to be a good matchup for them. If the Lobos can pull through, then it's going to shake up the coaches poll, the coaches preseason poll projections, you know? Yeah. So, um, I mean, you know, overall kind of observation of Lobos is um, it either the games are they're up by three, they're like they have no problem scoring in certain matches, or it's a tight match and they're they it, it's like a one one goal decision. Yeah. So. No, it sounds like the, the the ladies are doing pretty well so far on the season, and they've got uh, some. I they've got uh, some good matches coming up. Are they? Uh, you said those are away, right? Those are away matches. Okay. When are they uh, at home again? Uh, you know, I need to pull up that schedule real quick for, you grab that? Yeah, I got it. So, so yeah, it, it sounds, it sounds good. Uh, if you get, obviously if you get a chance, uh, head out to, uh, John, Johnson Field, is that it? Johnson Field? The UNM Soccer Complex. UNM Soccer Complex. Uh, support the ladies as they, as they, as they continue their season. So you mentioned Utah State and Boise State. Um, the ladies are not back in town until October 25th. Okay. So, uh, when they take on San Jose State, they got four matches in a row away, but yeah, October 25th, I'm sure we'll talk uh, more about them between now and then. Yeah, they, I mean, the, the attendance is high. Mm-hmm. They actually have quite a bit of people showing up to these matches more and more. So, um, that, that's a positive for them for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did want to tell you this. Um, I don't have a lot of information yet, but there is a UNM women's soccer club now, too. Is there? Yeah, so now okay. there's the men's and women's soccer club. Awesome. Um, we'll, we'll get more information. Uh, they should be emailing it to us just so we can, you know, obviously, you know, put, put that out there for them. But uh, I, I thought that was really interesting the last time. Yeah. So. Good to hear. Glad to hear that uh, there's still soccer being built at even outside of the, uh, the scholarship side of things so all right well i think that's going to do it for us here tonight um since alicia is not here we don't uh have any information on local uh high school soccer right exactly uh, same, same thing for the guys yeah, well. hopefully alicia will, will hopefully we'll figure out our technical stuff and be able to get everyone back in the office here so we can get uh, everyone updated on everything that's going on one one last thought for you uh um omaha union did you see that you saw that? Yeah. What did you think of that? I you know. Do you like the shield or anything? Is that your your flavor? Uh, I mean, it, it, it's a shield, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't get terribly excited about things like that, but, uh, you know, it, it's definitely, I, I'm glad they, they, they came together. And, uh, Ginger Miami's got a, uh, USL one team. Yeah, and they're not even around yet. <laughs> yeah, I thought that I think Revolution's gonna do one as well, and so yeah. Makes me wonder about those MLS two teams that we have if they're gonna go down to USL one pretty soon. I don't know. I, I think that's a conversation that is uh is being held. So we'll, we'll see if that happens. I, I definitely think that the two teams in USL do uh do, does uh negatively impact. Uh, the rest of USL, but that's just that's just my take on it. So, 
All right, and that's going to do it for for Chris and myself. Uh, you know, for the, and for everyone that can't be here tonight, uh, our show, of course, would not be possible without our sponsors. We'd like to give a huge signature strike thank you to Drown Motors Roadrunner Law Firm and Salt Air for their continued support. Uh, we're always interested, always interested, of course, in teaming up with anyone that supports what we're doing here at Seeking Strike Collective. If you'd like to talk sponsorship, you can, of course, email us at seekandstrikecollective at gmail.com. Listen to all previous episodes of We Are Seek and Strike podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and CastBox. If you hear something you like, please consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. Uh, please leave us an episode review on Apple Podcasts. We would love to hear what you thought of this episode. Uh, for all of our Seek and Strike Collective social media tags, check out our website at seekandstrikecollective.com and hit the social media tag. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, for We'll be back hopefully on Monday at 8.30 uh, p.m. Mountain Time for Chris and myself, for Alicia, Josh, Adrian, uh, everyone who can't be here. We are Seek and Strike Collective. You've been listening to the We Are Seek and Strike podcast.